Greetings and welcome to the worship services of Alamo First Baptist Church. I'm Brother Chris Rigby. I'm standing here this morning in front of our bell. This is the original bell that was at our old location uh, years ago. It uh, was there when the church was first built and it was always a call to worship. Well, when we moved to our new campus here several years ago, we brought it with us. And not too long ago, we got to put it up. We're so excited about it because it reminds us that we're coming together into this building to worship. And we are excited that today you've decided to tune in to our broadcast to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our prayer this morning is that you will see the great love that Jesus has for you and the great love that we have for you as well this morning as we worship together. We look forward to meeting you and your family and we invite you to be a part of any of our worship services, our activities or ministries here. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, probably the best way to do that is just drop us a line at our email address, alamofirstbaptist at gmail.com. All of it spelled out, just gmail.com, alamofirstbaptist. We look forward this morning to worshiping with you. We pray God's blessings upon you and your family as we go inside now and we worship together. Let's go ring that bell for Jesus.
no services tonight. We're celebrating 150 years of our church being in existence today. Mr. Rams will come up with a, a presentation on that in just a minute. No children's church today. On October 18th and 25th, they're going to be here at the Mid-South Food Pantry. Um, just want to make a clarification. If you have to meet the qualifications for that, I've got a sheet here if you need to see that. And it is also on Facebook. So we're just looking for volunteers for our church and what we're looking for. That's what that, that's this coming Wednesday. And I believe it begins at 10 o'clock. Excuse me, beer before that. Uh, Wednesday meal. What? Tuesday. That's what I'm thinking today. Tomorrow? I don't know. we got a few things going on today. So. Uh, Wednesday meal is uh, barbecue, baked potatoes, and barbecue sandwich, barbecue sandwich and salad. So sign up for that either on the sheet back there or online on the blog post. Uh, Facebook, you get there. Youth, you are doing a judgment house on November 26th. The bus will leave at 5 o'clock. Senior adults, uh, Shondell leaves at 5.30. Is that right? On Thursday. Uh, if you're not here at 5.30, you'll see complaints. Uh, the voyage uh, is November 1st. What time are you leaving for that? 4? 4.30. Voyage will leave at 4.30 on November 1st. Uh, all your money for the other trips are due by the end of this month on the 31st. Yeah, some people ask how much money we've raised by the, the student fundraiser. Very quickly, uh, they gave $1,040 to the Robertson family. Um, Brother Chris received $2,600. The uh, Daniel Lewis received $1,000. And then they raised uh, $5 for Tim Layman. So y'all give, give God a hand on that. All the money we've raised. Appreciate y'all's worship. to them cupcakes for Megan and a beautiful bouquet of flowers. We didn't think that God would appreciate the flowers as much, so we have something a little bit more family. <laughs> and then we have a shadow box. This is a picture of it that we'll take out to Brother Chris, and Pam has a beautiful set of hugs for her husband. And it says, uh, Pastor Appreciation. 
with me to my father's house, to my father's house, to my father's house. You will go with me to my father's house, where there's joy, 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 joy.
educated, but I think what Pastor Nick said, one cool thing, we did get the elements called in the service this morning, and, and you will actually be able to go out this door and or this door, and there'll be a sermon on, on both sides, and we'll bless them, though, before we leave, which is awesome, we'll bless them for letting us live and think. Um, right now, I want us all to get up and, and turn back towards the cameras, because I know Brother Chris's wife is this morning, and I want so if you all to stand up with me. I want you to turn around and look at those cameras in the back. And I want you to just tell Brother Chris, get in my hand, don't be missing. We love you, Brother Chris. We miss you. Hope to see you back soon. All right, now here's some minutes are going to play. As they play, let's turn around and greet each other. Thank you. 
with me. One more time, before we pray. Yeah, you can come back by that praise. Father God, we want to thank you again just for allowing us to celebrate today. We thank you that your faithfulness is to keep yours with the, the thousands, the ten thousand generations of those who love you. And I pray that you just continue to bless us, have us church, as we serve you, as we seek your guidance for our daily decisions. Give us that peace that you give us. Pray for the finance to help us celebrate that today. We pray that Brother Gail brings a blessing to the blessing to the business and to the contract like it's applied for all of us. And Lord, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Glory to God, in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Good morning to you. Reminded of the fact that uh, our hair from 73 to 83 is not from children who are basically in this church. If you don't make it in spiritually or with us, and for that I'm deeply grateful. I don't know most of you, some of you I do, most of you I don't, and most of you know me. I'm reminded of this football coach, college, one just got a free football party, and uh, the fellow had a hard time making the words. So the coach got him in mode and the easiest courses on campus that he could get. One of those courses was the course in the study of birds. The professor was old, ready for retirement, didn't require much out of the students. But uh, so the coach got this one mode about course. Then I remember that coach that the professor had to retire for health reasons. They hired a new PhD right out of Kansas. He wanted to prove himself. He came in and had a test after some weeks. He had a picture of 25 birds hanging up in the room. The test was to identify those birds. But the problem was the pictures were from the birds. Well, he knew no way under the sun that he could identify the birds. So he just picked up the books and started looking for the birds. Well, the professor said, no, no, we have any test. You just sit down and see. He just kept walking. Well, it made the professor angry. He said, no, no, I don't know what your name is. Well, he just put his like, books down on the floor, put his pants above his knees, and said, you tell me who I am. Pastor Chris, I appreciate the invitation to share with you in this 150th celebration of your church. You have been faithful across the years. And I'm profoundly grateful that you are continuing to battle, pressing your values daily dependent. You have been a great church in so, so, so many ways. Like Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church of the church of Philippi, I thank my God for every remembrance of you. Well, that sums it up for me. I thank God for every remembrance of you. Today and I have some very fond memories of our time here at First Baptist Church. I have heard the message this morning, Change to the Church. Has it ever been a concern of yours that seems that there is some contradiction between the Bible picture of believers of what believers actually are? And you think, well, is this sort of a glamour photo that God is sort of 
made it and done over to make us look good? Why do we not look like our poet, our picture? Let me give you the picture of the leaders, the two or three particulars in the Bible. The point is, in Romans chapter 7, chapter 8, verse 37, he says some bad things that people oftentimes are faced with. Oh, Blessings and famines and persecution to be named. Then verse 37 says, In all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, that's a statement of fact. It's not a promise that we would be conquerors. It's a statement of fact. We are more than conquerors in all of these horrible things that can happen to us. Well, the question is, do you look like your picture? Now, the word that is used here is supra-conquerors. Super-conquerors. We're not conquering just to the small margin, we're overwhelmingly conquered. I suppose every Christian believes that before the end time, that we're going to get out there and we're going to conquer, and we're going to kick the field for the last few minutes and beat the, beat the devil, so we can defeat them. That's not the Christian. We are conquering by a huge margin. Now, do you know the story of the woman at the John chapter 4? He that comes to me and drinks, I will give him living waters. How many Christian people do you know that's living their shallow, empty lives? But look at living let me share a thought that is in First John chapter 5, verse 45. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, who overcomes the world? It's the one who believes in Jesus. It's the faith that is the victory. If I were to ask you, how many of you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the Lord, and head of His children is God? What would I have to ask you to do that you have to come to the world? How many of you have to come to But that's the truth of the matter. We are overcoming. We are super conquerors. We overcome the world. Do you look like a picture? Maybe we don't look like a picture for two reasons. Maybe it's simply ignorant of certain truths that God has given us in the world. It may be that we just simply are not taking it. See, that brings me to my text in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Furthermore, 
had been the two legs that Jesus Christ's gospel had healed the two from the end by everyone, I had no rest in my spirit, for I did not find Titus my brother. But taking my leave of him, I departed to Macedonia. Now, thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph through Christ, and through us begins the fragrance of his life in every place. For we are the God of fragrance of Christ among those who have lived safe, and among those who have heard of To the one we are the aroma of death to death, and to the other the aroma of life to life. And who is sufficient for these things? But we are not as any, peddling the word of God, that is peddling the word of God for profit, but as a sincere word. But as from God we speak in the sight of God, and Christ. And so, folks, we came to our hearts of prophecy. Now, thanks be to God, who always leads us about in His triumphant procession. It's His procession. It's not ours. This is a technical term. It's a triumphant procession. There's a translation of one word in the Greek, but a technical term that refers to a historical reference by the Roman Arms. And uh, the people knew when they saw that word, they understood the message. They got the point. They understood this matter of a triumphant procession. So the Roman general went out somewhere and then conquered a lot of territory, even countries in Israel. The general went out and fought a battle. Uh, a herald of Rome had been sent back from Rome, and he run through the streets of Rome, heralding to the people. And by the way, that's where we get our word for preach. What we're basically doing is being a herald with the message of God, running to the world and telling them that Christ has won the victory already. So he had run through the streets, heralding that news that the children had defeated the enemy, and then they would begin to prepare for a triumphant procession. You came out of your house one morning and you smelled this special incense, and they had an incense that would be served for celebration occasions like that. You came out and smelled that particular incense that you knew. Hey, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a celebration. And so all the people began to get ready for that triumphant procession. In that procession, priests would be leading the procession, the censors, that special woman, and that's why he mentions the woman. He's talking about that special innocence that would be burned in that triumphant procession. Followed by the priest, there would be the musicians, and that's so appropriate, the actual singing and celebration like this. And then the handbook, the hero, the real hero, would be the commanding general who had won the battle on the battlefield. And he would be riding in a chair pulled by white horses, gold-plated chariot. And when he would come into view, the people would be cheer, 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 cheer. Right behind that chariot, 
officers of the defeated group with a chain for that trip. And when the people saw those defeated officers chained to that trip, they would really go wild. There are all kinds of confetti at the fire. But that's the thing that comes before you. Let me say it again. Thanks be unto God. Who always leading us about in his triumphant procession. It's not ours. It's his triumphant procession. This triumphant procession in a personal way. He's Christianizing it as it were. He's applying it to himself. There was a time when I I was hostile to I was the enemy of God. But God conquered me. He overcame me. I became servant of His. That's why later on he refers to himself as the bond slave of Jesus Christ. So Paul then would say, everywhere I go, I'm being led about in the triumphal procession of Christ because I'm chained to his chariot. And that's the victory. Paul is being led about in the victory of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's not his victory, it's the victory of that's where we are to be as well. Chained to the chariot of the Lord. He's the commanding general. He's already won the battles. We're chained to his chariot. We're following the weight of that. So Paul is wanting them to know this before he goes into this aside from chapter 2 to chapter 6 and verse 11. Where he's defending his apostleship. There were people that say that his apostleship was inauthentic. So he felt the need to defend his apostleship, but before he goes into that, this is the introduction for that defense. Now, thanks be to God, who always is leading us about in his triumphant procession in all he's saying is that everywhere I go, I'm being led by his triumphant procession. I'm tied to his chariot. Also, at the time when I surrendered totally and fully to his lordship. So, in chapter 4, Paul feels it necessary to share bad places we have. We mentioned several of those things. We are hard pressed on every side, and not crushed with the flesh, but not in respect. The persecuted, not forsaken, struck down, and not destroyed. Now, those are tough, tough things that happen to the people. But listen to what he said. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I bear in my own 
physical body that died of the Lord Jesus. Again, all that the Bible teaches also that we manifest in our body. And we who live are always delivered up to death. For Jesus' sake, we have delivered up the life of Jesus also, and may we manifest it. So we live and live us. That's the thing. You know, it's not the like Paul is simply following in the way of where God is leading him. He's tied to his chair. Paul is in everywhere I go. It's good. It's good. Now, I'm not okay. That's the victory that God has given me. That same thing is good. We're being led about and slaves to Jesus. But we live in his triumphant We don't like being chained. We don't like being chained behind the chair. We live to our death. Yet we can do this for the life of creation. We want to be up there in the garden seat. We want to be chained up here. We want to be in the driver's seat. Lord, why have you got me off in this uh, terrible road that's full of bumps and potholes and everything? Let's get up on the superhighway. That's where you ought to be leading me. I don't want to be down here in the dirt and filth of the world. Get me out on the superhighway. We're spoiling these soul. That's why we want our lives to be lived in the smooth highways of life, not in the difficult, hard places of life. Lord, why don't we get this thing moved? Put the pedal to the metal. Let's get moving. Get out of this place. Lord, why don't we pull this chariot over and rest a while? Let's have a picnic. We don't like to be changed. But that's where the victory is. You are experiencing as much victory in Christ as Christ experiences victory in So in any area of your life that is not under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, are there any areas of life that you're sort of holding back from God? You are totally surrendered to Him. So you're not going to break the Lordship. I think you have one of the best illustrations of this out here. In Matthew chapter 18, in the story of the centurion who came to Jesus one day, and uh, he asked Jesus to heal his servant. Jesus responded, said, Well, I will go to your home. And the centurion said, Oh, Lord, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. And all you have to do is speak the word. And my servant will be healed and delivered. For I also am a man of authority, and I say to this one, do this, and this one, go to that one, and they will do it, and they will do that. What's the same for the 
Jesus then responded that he was uh, amazed at this man's faith. In fact, there's only two places where Jesus was amazed at the faith of a person. The centurion and the story that some of the information came from. Now, if Jesus was amazed at this man's faith, should he be amazed at him? And what would amaze him? What would the centurion say? Lord, if you hear me, so I'm going to give us a bow. I'm not worthy that you do it. Just speak to me. I also am a and I say to my Savior, do this and do it, and I go there and Now, as you think about that, you expect the centurion to have said, I am a man under authority, and when I'm told to do this, I do it, and to go there, I do it. That's not what he said. I also am a man under authority. What does he say? I tell the soul to do this, and I do it. He said, I live under authority. Therefore, I have authority. And he was a centurion over a hundred men. As long as he was under the authority of Rome, he had the authority over the hundred men. If he had rebelled against the authority of Rome, he would not have had authority over a hundred men. No longer would have been a centurion. So I live under authority, so I can say to this man, you do this and you do that, and they do it. I don't have to work on the words. Now, centurion said, I also, and that also is extremely important. That's what amazed Jesus. I also am under authority. Jesus said, I'm saying, Jesus, I don't believe that's exactly how you feel about the You don't have to run your authority. You are under authority, therefore you have authority. Where did the authority of Jesus come from? He was under the authority of the Father. As long as he lived under the authority of God the Father, he had all of the authority of God the Father. And he rebelled against the authority of God the Father. He did not have any authority. Tell me what So the centurion, now with his own spirit, I am under authority, therefore I have authority, and I can say to this lady, do this, and that can do that. Jesus, I see you doing the same thing. You are under the authority of your father. And for me, you don't have to go around. You don't have to run for the hills. All you have to do is speak to me. So, Basically, three things I want to say about that 
things need to go on to follow Jesus in the first time it's God's victory through His Son, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads us about in His triumphal procession, in His victory. It's not we who are doing the triumphing, it's God's doing the triumphing. No, it's not our chariot, it's God's chariot. Cause us to triumph. He's leading us in His triumph. See, that's what he did. He said, "You did it. You are the It's His responsibility. It's not ours to win the victory. I'm going to go out there and win the victory today. The victory's only for God. There are no victories to be won. God is only one. All the victories." In Jesus Christ, from the end of hell, there is no temptation you will ever face that comes within your focus of that temptation. He's won the victory and has come. How many times do we feel like it's up to you? Sometimes we may want to come and say, well, you know, I didn't do such a great job for Christian living yesterday, and I'm going to get up this morning, and I'm going to get my feet, and I'm going to go out there, and, and I'm going to flex my spiritual muscle, and I'm going to defeat the devil. I'm going to do it because it's not too big. It's not too perceptible. It's God's. He's responsible for being what a great illustration of that person can still play in their life. You know, it's a funny one that they had a whole forest in those times. Not even more than 89 packed in one step. Take this to your brother, whatever you want to do. Look at it. And he goes over there and finds his own self. Hey, boys, he kills the lights. And then he goes to the front of the mine and he sees his survivor. Walk it, 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 I think God has delivered you into my hand. Was it David's battle? It was God's Was it David's victory? It was God's victory. The battle is the Lord's. That's what the battle was. The battle wasn't Israel's, it was God's battle. Only 
again all throughout the Old Testament, you see come on fighting the battles of Israel. Matthew chapter 16. This is a good lesson for us. Set us free and so and so many years to get on that it's not left to us to accomplish all that we stand The battle belongs to the The second thing I want to say about this is that the victory is ours through submission, not our responsibility to win the victory, it's our responsibility. To submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The victory is always yours. We are sharing in that victory only by our submission. Only as long as we're chained to the chariot, following the weight of that chariot. We're fighting the And I said, well, it's all I have to do to be ready. I think that's all we can try. It's not easy to always be totally surrendered to the Lord. All situations, circumstances, it's not easy for us. I don't know that any of us have done that 100 percent. Not easy. But that's where we can be. Day by day, moment by moment, time for the church. There are an awful lot of heathen and Christians that are always trying to get out of the chain. We'd all like to get out of that chain. That's what we expect. The promised lady of God's chain to be strong. The Lord said, I therefore thought to See, it's death to sin in order that through us Christ can minister to people. I can't minister to everybody. I can stand up and speak and speak and speak and talk about them. The only thing I can do is to surrender to the Lord and allow the death of Christ to be working in me so that self is put to death. In order that Christ may be made manifest through me, and Christ does the healing. Christ does the ministry. He's the one that touches the lives of the people. He's the one that saves. Only to our submission can Christ be manifested in that way. Think of it in this way. 
Bible says that the believers, the power of our inmost being shall be full of rivers of living water. Think of your life as a riverbed. Now, a riverbed, I trust the riverbed, I don't bless anybody. But when the waters flow through the river, it brings that. So that's what we call you to be a riverbed and allow the waters of Christ to flow through our lives in order to make a blessing to other people. Let me mention the third thing about this idea of submission. The victory is ours with any agenda. Again, Now, thanks be to God, who always, in every place, is leading us about in His Always, every place, that's time and space, and time and space Time, the time, every time, all the time, you name the time. You're being led about in His triumphant procession. Place, any place, every place, all places, you name the place. You're being led about in His triumphant procession. It's ours through submission and submission to every situation. What did you keep us saying about when the changes broke and then the second thing is everywhere you go, you set in your profile how to protect yourself. The victory is already Christ is our full member of the faith. He is his instincts. It's our weakness when we're willing to step change. Totally surrendered and totally submissive. So there is no situation in which we really can't have victory. Now, there will be extreme problems. We don't want it down in the swamps and down in the throat and filth of the We want it in the swamps. Now, it may be down in the swamps, it may be down in the As we stay in our Us to be victorious. Faith is the victory. If we can understand that, it's to believe God in any and all situations and circumstances. What does John say? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, where is he going? It's willing to walk. He has eight chickens, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Change in our church. 
David had taken an exit, and all the soldiers that were there had been slain. So, Paul's in his mind, following the way of Christ, death and death, and the life of the people. I'm being led to my death, and I'm going to proceed Christ, that he manifested through me. That's the only way to end is a blessing to others. For then I can be blessed in the hope that Christ is with me. And that's what he wants to do to me. The responsibility that we're told to take is to be fully submitted to his leadership. Therefore, he wants that life through us for all the So that's what he said in verse 19. For we are the God of fragrance, the aroma, the smell of Christ among those who are the aroma of being saved. And those are the ones who are the being saved. We're the ones we are the aroma the fragrance of Christ. Yellow to a moment of fragrance of love. You can hold them up and say, That is the one who is fragrant in the So I ask you the question Are you tired of the joy of Christ? Change as he talks to you. Following where you can do this. Do you believe? Yes, I do. Faith is an unconditional commitment. It always has to be recognized. Faith is the commitment that we can still believe in Jesus Christ, regardless of what happens in the That is faith. What's the question? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you have, Jesus is looking for you. He's calling you. He's speaking to you. Will you trust Him as your personal Savior? Submit to His direction in your life. And what is it that you the areas in your life that's not under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is looking for you. He's looking for you for those things that seems like the place he's looking for you. Things in your life that you know don't line up with what he wants to do to you in your life. He's looking for you. Will you There's something in the mind of a few goodness with the Lord that sort of seals it in that something. If there's something deep in your life you want to find the idea, deep in the life of God, maybe an area in your life that you have not seen before yet, that you want this thing to surrender that to the Lord. 
We pray God's blessings upon you as you worship with us today. If God has led you to make a decision today for Jesus, we would love to hear about it. We invite you to come to our website, cometothecross.net. Our online decision card will allow you to tell us about the decision that you're making. All decisions, all contacts are kept private and are confidential. However, we would be able to pray for you and perhaps I'd even be able to call you and pray with you about what God has led you to do if you so desire. So fill out the form, let us know, and just know that we love you and God loves you, and we're excited that you're taking this first step for God today.